Ernest, what's up? Look, I want to put you on to something that's been making waves in the personal finance world. If you've been relying on Mint to manage your finances, I got some news that might startle you at first. Mint is no more. But hold on, because every cloud has its silver lining. And in this case, that lining is Monarch Money. For those of us searching for a robust, user-friendly alternative, Monarch Money is stepping up to the plate. And from personal experience, it's hitting a home run. Let's get personal for a moment. Managing finances can be a maze of confusion, stress, and time consumption. Believe me, I've been there, jumping from one finance app to another, hoping to find that one platform that simplifies everything. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design transformed my approach to managing finances. What truly sets Monarch apart for me, though, is its collaboration feature. With money being a top Discord trigger for many couples, the ability to seamlessly manage finances with my wife has been a game changer. No extra costs, just shared goals and clarity. But Monarch isn't just about managing your current finances, it's about building your future. Saving for that dream house, your wedding, or a once in a lifetime vacation becomes not just a possibility, but a reality with Monarch's intuitive tools. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal held it as the best app for savings growth. Monarch Money represents the next evolution in personal finance apps. It's an ad-free haven where your experience is the priority, constantly refined based on real user feedback. It's everything we've been asking for, intuitive, powerful, and relentlessly focused on user satisfaction. Now, for a bit more practicality, Monarch makes transitioning from Mint a breeze ensuring you can bring all your tags and categories with you. It's intuitive design, customization options, and commitment to privacy and an ad-free experience make it stand out in the sea of competitors. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash leisure. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash leisure for your extended 30-day free trial. Earners, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. 
With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. You talked about the working with black brands and corporate. Mm -hmm. So for people that's not even in the fashion world, why is it important for black brands to work with corporate? And what's the disparities from black brands working with corporate as opposed to white brands working with corporate? So 2009, I started to look for black designers to be a part of our second show. I couldn't really find any black designers. So naively, I said, let me go to the department stores where we shop. I'm going down the list of all the designers on the department store website. Mm -hmm. Realized that less than 1% of the designers that were on those websites were black. Then I went and said, well, how much are we spending on apparel? In 2009, we were spending $22 billion a year on apparel product. And I'm like, this is not matching up at all. Like, how do we represent less than 1% of the designers, but at the same time, we're spending all of this money on apparel. And at that point, I was like, how do I start to get more designers of color into department stores? And that was hard because for the first 10 years of HFRs, retailers really didn't, retailers and brands, they weren't the ones really rocking with us. It was like brands like Verizon was sponsoring us or AT&T or Pandora Jewelry or Prudential even was partnering with us. It was really difficult for us to get retailers. And so now I'm like, the more we can partner brands up with retailers, what it does is a, when the when the designer comes on board for a collaboration like the Abercrombie and Fitch one that I'm wearing, they can come in and they can just design. They get paid a rate that is fair for them. Um, they can come in and design. They don't have to worry about doing all the things. All the infrastructure is there for them. They don't have to worry about the manufacturing of it. So it's a win-win for both the designer and also for the brand because they get to tell this designer's story and they get to tap into our culture. So like what designer is that? Which one? The Abercrombie and Fish. This is Nicole Benefield. So yeah. she was one of the designers that we showed. Um, she was the first designer that came out of the show in okay. September. So, so Nicole Benefield has her own. She company, has her own thing. Her yep. own fashion line. Mm -hmm. So she works with Abercrombie. Is it just Abercrombie or is it Abercrombie slash Nicole Benefield? It's it's. I wish I had my jacket. Okay. Look, I feel like showing you, <laughs> showing you my tag. Um, so on the label, it has at HFR. Abercrombie and Fitch and Nicole Benefit. Oh, so it's everybody. It's everybody partnership. on the label. And then that helps her explain how that helps her. Grow yeah. Her so it exposes her to a whole different audience, right? So now Nicole Benefield, so Abercrombie and Fitch is sending out marketing emails about Nicole Benefield to mm. all of their, their audience, right? Their email audience. Um, people are also learning about their, their her story because they did a lot of storytelling and the marketing of it. So it opens her up and, you know, she also gets paid for yeah. that. This this feels like when we talked to Steve Stout, what he was doing with corporate and hip hop, where it was he was merging the two. It feels like it's a similar story here where you're merging fashion with corporate in a sense. How do you find the emerging talent? So like, Nicole is incredible, right? But yeah. I'm sure as your brand grows, people want to be in front of you. 
So how do you decide and how do you identify the next emerging talent to say, all right, this is worthy to be put with a brand? Yeah, so we have uh, an online platform called Designers Raw. So any designer can go to our website, harlemsfashionrow.com. And once they are in our database, they get invited to be a part of Designers Raw. So really, it's very organic. I have a team. My team is always scouting new talent. So Nicole Benefield came to me through, you know, someone who I knew who was like, hey, you should check out this designer. Um, I'm always looking for who is a designer that I feel like has like a new perspective, like somebody who's bringing something new and interesting and has like a very clear aesthetic of, of, of like what they're what they have to contribute to this industry. Um, and then what I also loved about her in particular was that she was her she was her vision for where she was going was so clear. Mm. Um, when you look at her aesthetic from like, we show her collection last year too, 2022. So when you look at her collection from 2022 to 2023, it looks like it's just an evolution. It didn't like, it wasn't like one person here and then a whole different kind of ball game on this side. Um, her vision is really clear. Her aesthetic, I think is something that the industry needs. She is a, just a dope human. Cause I'm, we're also, we only work with dope humans. <laughs> With good character. So prerequisite. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, and so we knew when Abercrombie came to us and was like, hey, we want to do a collab with HFR, like we either sometimes we'll give a brand like three or four options. That's what we did with Nike and LeBron. Actually, we gave them three options and they were like, we can't choose. So we're going to choose all three. Mm. With Abercrombie, we were like, here's the option. She's the one. And they were like, we trust you. How How is social media? You said you started in 2009 with that vision. At this time, Facebook is prominent, but Instagram isn't yet. There's no social media. Thank God there was no social media. How, how has that changed, <laughs> I guess, the work that you're doing, right? Because I feel like everybody now has a lookbook on Instagram. It, def it definitely changes. Like, I'm able to see designers. I'm able to literally go to a designer's uh, Instagram page and, like, walk into their world, like, quickly. And I can tell so much just by scrolling up. So... Okay, so what is the problem? Why is there not a lot of black designers? What's the what's stopping um black designers from becoming mainstream or penetrating that market less than you said one percent of the money from black people go to black designers? Yeah, you, when you think about the designers who have made it. And is that right? correct? You said one percent? Less than one percent. It's of, maybe three percent now. Of the money that black people spend. On clothes? No, less than 1% of the designers sold on major department stores' websites. Okay. Do you know how much percent black people spend on? On apparel? On, like, black designers. So here's interesting. I don't know how much they spend on black designers, but McKinsey released a study. So by the year 2030, we're going to spend, black people are going to spend $70 billion a year on apparel. The other thing that was interesting about that study is that black t black people are three times more likely to switch brands if it's a black founder or black created brand. That just really happened, I think, after 2020. I feel like after 2020, we all were like, if we're going to make it, we got to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so with that, though, that's a huge, um, I think, opportunity for brands is a huge opportunity for an investor who wants to really invest in black brands as well, because consumers are now ready to shop the black brands. But the challenge is we don't have the infrastructure. So imagine if we had like 
an LVMH, like a holding company, an LVMH or a caring or a tapestry or, you know, an authentic groups type brand or something like that. That was a holding company that provided all of the infrastructure for black designers. Like, think about that. Mm -hmm. Right. And they provided all the operations, the manufacturing partnerships that that's what we've been missing. Like if we had that, the opportunity for black brands and where they could go is is really limitless. What we've been missing really is the funding, the infrastructure, um, the operational capacity, the manufacturing. It kind of if you address those things, like there's no limit to how far we can go. And it's kind of crazy that no one has really seen that as an opportunity. Well, I think Kanye spoke about that. That's when he was. I want to go back to that, but before let's go. Let's talk about this then. When Ye was like, um, he didn't have the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Pretty much paraphrasing, and that's when Sway, that legendary conversation with him and Sway. Um, that's what you're referring to, because LVMH. Everybody hears about LVMH. What exactly mm-hmm. does LVMH? What do they do? We know that they own all of these luxury brands, mm-hmm. but you said a holding company provides infrastructure, so. What exactly does LVMH do for all of these brands that they own have ownership in? They provide the revenue for those brands. That's a big piece of it, which then allows them to be able to do proper marketing. Um, it also allows them to tap into LVMH's infrastructure. So what is that? Like accounting, uh, manufacturing support, um, operational support. Like those are the things that a lot of times smaller brands are struggling with cash flow, you know, which is a problem for all small businesses. You don't have to th- imagine if you could just go create um, and 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 do the things that you actually love in a business without having to worry about all of the business operations of what it takes, because that's what takes small businesses mm-hmm. out. It's the cash flow It's the, you know, uh, the accounting piece. So it's- was Jay was Jay correct in his assessment? But I feel like Ye also could have addressed that. Yeah, absolutely. So in a sense, because even absolutely. the LVMH, it they have a bunch of companies, but there's really like probably five or six that account for most of the revenue. Absolutely. I mean, Louis Vuitton is like their number one. The brand. number one by yeah. far. Yes. Right. And then there's like forty other brands, but yeah. they don't generate as much. Not even close. Right. right? right. And so it, it can offset some things as far absolutely. as infrastructure. I'm from what I'm hearing, it sounds like let's just use Harlem Fashion Row as the holding company for black brands in mm-hmm. a sense where. Telfar can exist under the Nicole Benefit. They could all exist under there. Yep. And then we can grow together. I feel like what we've seen, especially from our designers, is very individualistic. Right. It's like, I mean, we can use Sean Jump by itself, Fubu yep. by itself. Yep. But there's not one piece that holds it all together to say, let's build so we can have an LVMH type situation. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you look at the fact that Tapestry just bought Capri Holdings. Right. Right. That's going to make it one of the largest, you know, fashion conglomerates in the US, if it hasn't already done that. Um, So if we had that, even if we started with three brands, it would, it would, it would be building upon something that could be like a legacy, like a huge legacy brand. Um, I just see there's a lot of opportunity there because consumers are ready. Consumers are ready to shop black brands. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.